Hello, Esther Deborah here, and this is Agape Love. Love is here. This is one of the many video sections of the ministry of Pastor Deborah, helping people the Lord's way. Please enjoy the video, and we look forward to you coming again. Pastor Deborah hopes you enjoy hearing about how she has learned how to help people the Lord's way, and of her many wonderful spiritual experiences throughout many, many years of helping people. Welcome again to a video of Agape Love, Love is Here Ministries. This is Pastor Deb. Love always and forever. Hello again. Pastor Deborah here. Seems it's been a long time, but it really hasn't. I have been super busy writing leadership 12-week series classes doing studying, but I'm back. And we're going to pick up again with Isaiah 61, our global teleministry study of the Word of God. We need to know more about the guy that wrote it, the guy that spoke, and what it speaks to us. And we have been working through Isaiah 61 and next Isaiah 62. For this is the Father's heart and his desires and purposes for us, all of humanity, and for himself. So we have been working through uh, all the verses so far. We've been through verse 1 through 7. Now we're picking up on verse 8. And it is turned out to be a very wonderful verse. But it's going to have to be done in about three or four parts. I just kept studying and studying and looking and reading scriptures and getting deeper and deeper into the Word. And thus, into learning about Him. Because in order to learn about ourselves, we must learn about Him, His heart. His desires and his purposes that he has for himself here on planet earth and for eternity to come. Because we can't learn about ourselves till we learn about him. He is the mirror, the image and likeness we are to look at and discover. And then we will discover ourselves. So I want to begin with some favorite scriptures I love to teach through and teach from. Let's begin. First, let's pray. Father, we ask that your spirit of truth, your Holy Spirit, touch and reach us no matter where we are, what nation or what religion or faith we are in. Speak to us through your word. Open our eyes and our ears to hear and perceive and to believe in. Father, I know you're reaching out to all of humanity with arms of love, joy, and peace. So, Father, we ask you to continue to do that. And for all those that watch this video, that their lives will be touched, their hearts will find something it's been searching for, They will find you and the love that you have for them. Then they will discover their real selves. The spiritual part of them that's hidden deep in the soul. The spiritual part of them. Excuse my computer. It's making old Java wants me to do something. I'm going to ignore it. So, Father, help them to know what their spirit is. What it is to do here on planet earth. What happened to it. And why you needed to come along. And bring such wonderful words out of Isaiah 61 for us. Let's pray. Thank you Father for doing that. Now let's hear some of your words. Proverbs 25.2 It is the glory of God. To conceal a thing. But the honor of kings. Is to search out this matter. 
So things are hidden from us, us kings. Yes, all of us, all of humanity are kings. We're to search, look, and then find. And let's look at Jeremiah 17.10. I, the Lord, search, I try, I look at the heart, the very reins, the thoughts, the ideas, the concepts, the beliefs, the willingness, or the unwilling of the heart, the reason for doing things. I try and I test them to prove them, to reveal to them, to see what guides you, what directs you, what are your deep reasons and your desires and goals? How are you led? What turns you to the right or to the left or to go straight? As a reins in the mouth of a horse, guide and lead it through pain. The horse's head turns to alleviate the pain that is pulling on its mouth. So it's not really led by its own heart and will freely. It's led through pain from the reins from somebody who is sitting on the horse. So the Lord says, I'm going to look. Are you led by a bit and a bridle through pain? And you turn because it's you don't want to feel the pain. It, who is on you? Who's leading you? What is leading you? What's the direction you're going in? He says, I'm looking to see what is sitting on top of you, behind the scenes, as the rider. Are you a free horse running? Or are you just a slave to somebody else's will? I'm looking, he says, in Jeremiah 17.10. I'm looking at your actions and your deeds. I'm seeing where your destination is. Or do you not care? Whew, that is some powerful, powerful stuff. And he says, why do I do this? To give every man according to the fruit or the end result, the destination of this guidance, of these deeds and acts, these goals and desires, to what end are you doing things? Because I'm going to reward you, but first I must look. I may have to not give you a reward, but first I'm going to look at the reins. I'm going to look, at, excuse me, at the willingness of your heart. Let's go also now to 1 Samuel 16, 7. I'm going to read it to you so you can follow in your book. And if you don't have a book, just listen. But the Lord said unto Samuel, he was a prophet way back in the Old Testament. As Samuel was looking at a young boy named David, who was the youngest son of Jesse. David was God's chosen one to replace King Saul over Israel, who had disobeyed him in matters of leadership, battle, and worship. Three very important areas if you are a king. David was the shepherd of the family. He was the youngest, always out in the fields with the sheep. Not even considered really one of the family. Sort of more of a servant. Oh, he was rugged and smelly. But one who found this God in the hills and the valleys while he was out with the sheep. 
He fought as a mighty warrior to protect his father's possessions, the sheep. The sheep were not David's, they were his father's. Against he fought against lions and bears and wolves who would come to steal his father's sheep. He led the sheep to clean and still running waters. He knew that the sheep could not swim, so he could not lead them to places where there was swift running water because they might fall in and they couldn't swim. He was always on the lookout for the best pastures and grass so they could be fed peacefully and eat and grow. He would stay watching them while they ate and drank and while they would lay down and sleep in the afternoon. He excuse me, stayed on watch at night time, kept his little fire burning to keep the animals away from the little ones or the elderly ones. He was a true king. He just didn't know it. He was a protector. He was a shepherd and a guard and a watchman. Now God knew this. He had been watching this young man while he was growing up and protecting his father's sheep. David sang songs and wrote songs to this God that he talked with, he saw in the stars and the animals while he was alone out in the fields. He'd worship him all by himself and he built up a relationship with him. This young boy, David, who Samuel was looking at, had always loved this God, worshipped him by himself. There was no synagogue or building to go to. There was no rabbis that had taught him. He found him out in the wilderness, being a shepherd and caring for somebody else's property. There was no scheduled times to worship this God. There was no pressure by others. Just a deep relationship, walking with this God, all day long and all night long, singing songs to him, praising his name, talking to him, being in a relationship with him. So Samuel's looking at him to replace King Saul. Because God had told him to go to this man named Jesse. And one of his sons would be this king to replace Saul. Well Samuel had already looked at all the other sons. And none of them God said were it. So Samuel had to ask Jesse. Do you have another one? He said oh yeah he's sort of got one. He's out in the field. So he called David to the house. And God told Samuel, that's the one. But he said, Samuel, don't you look on this child's outward countenance, his appearance, his size or his looks, or on his height, or his statue. He wasn't to be looked at like the elders had looked at Saul, who was tall, maybe very handsome and clean was the tallest among the people in physical statue or in his relationship with other people or in his deeds in the community or by his tribal standing. He was of the tribe of Benjamin. He was the smallest, but he seemed to be the tallest person. So God was telling Samuel, don't look on the outside. Don't look at any of his physical appearances. To judge him. If he's worthy to be my replacement. For King Saul. He says I have refused King Saul. Who was chosen by his own people. For they had rejected me. For the Lord sees. He says. I look not as man sees. For man looks on the outward the scene, the flesh, the appearance. But the Lord 
looks on the heart, the spirit and soul. Now let's go to First Kings, eight, thirty-eight through thirty-nine. This deals with our deep hearts, on which God sees and looks upon to judge us of our actions and our deeds, our thoughts, and our reigns. So now, that helps us to begin to understand. What we're going to be talking about here in verse 8. So now let's get to verse 8. Isaiah 61 verse 8. For I the Lord. He's speaking to us. His deep thoughts now. And his deep ways. So we have to listen. So listen carefully. I love judgment. To help us, let's define the word judgment. Judgment is defined as a sentence or a formal decree. It's a verdict pronounced. It's divine law. It's justice. It's punishment. From these deep words, we are beginning to learn, just beginning, the tip of the iceberg. And understand about the heart of God. He is talking to us. Giving us a look. Deep into his heart. In these words. We must learn to see his agape love. Of his heart. And we are also looking into the kingdom of heaven. And its royal laws of judgment and justice. He loves honor and is pleased with. And he has created himself and he upholds and fulfills his royal law of judgment. His divine law of righteousness, of holiness, of agape love. So when one judges someone or something... One is acting as a judge. A judge is one who looks on, listens to situations, actions and deeds, people and evidence, maybe a thought, a belief. He looks at the intentions of a heart. He's looking at the reins. He's looking at the destination. Where these thoughts are trying to go to. He's looking at the willingness. Or the unwillingness. Of a heart. He hears and sees evidence. The purposes. The intents. The reins of the deeds of the heart. He's looking. He's judging. He's listening. To all sides. To decide what the truth is, what is righteous and lawful, and unrighteous and unlawful. His eyes are looking, his ears are listening. Justice is at work, weighing the facts. Hearts are tried for hidden motives. Someone may say something to us on television, in a book, on YouTube. And we want to believe their words. But they're false. They have other motives. They're trying to deceive us, trick us, getting us to like them. And they have deep hidden motives. And they will slowly work us there. Maybe through laws. If they're a politician. Maybe they're motivated by. Other things. Or other people. Or money. Maybe they have deep hidden desires. And they're lusting for greed and money. Or maybe for power. 
But they don't want you to know that, so they will hide that behind their actions. And if they do lie to us, which they usually do, but we don't catch it, they just laugh about it. They sort of, oh, well, I didn't really mean it. And they get caught. Or in some cases, they have so many people protecting them. And systems of the government, they even have uh, crooked and corrupt judges, lawyers protecting them. Hoping they'll never get caught and face the justice of this earthly world. So there's a lot that you must study about people, justice and judgment, to understand what is really going on. And even within yourself, we have a system that we don't want to look at what we're really doing. We'll deny it, we'll laugh about it, we'll get angry. We don't want to point the finger of blame here. We don't want, because there's judgment with that. We don't want to be judged. And I heard in a wonderful movie, if there's no sin, if I did not break the law in any way, either from God or in the man, there's no judgment. So I didn't do it. It's not my fault. It's somebody else's fault. Blame them. So that goes on in everybody's lives, in our governments, in our businesses. Things are going on that you don't know about, that are hidden from you. So, be aware. Then, after this judge looks at everything, your motives, what's really doing the guiding of your life? Then judgment is arrived at. It's either righteous or unrighteous to him. Now, if you work for his adversary, Satan... Satan has does judgment also. He has great punishment. He also has righteous laws and righteous things you're to do for him. If you do anything for the other guy called God the Most High, it's considered unrighteous. So to both of these people, Satan is the God of this world, of the world of flesh and corruption and hate, anything that's good, if you don't follow him, you're judged. Innocent or guilty. This is going on all the time. Even public opinion will judge you. Righteous or unrighteous. Then comes the sentence of the law. You can be forgiven or found guilty. Even you will do this within yourself. You could judge your actions, your own thoughts and motives, find yourself guilty of some things. And if then you will punish yourself. A lot of people do that. Some people can't stand that thought. Excuse me, my nose is itching today. We are learning here that God the Lord at times acts as a judge towards us and others towards deeds and situations then he will prove and pronounce his judgment towards the case that has been brought to him to apply the royal law of justice innocent or guilty in this first part of verse 8 the Lord God is telling us more about himself as a judge towards the work of Satan, sin and death, and the grave against ignorance in their perversion of the righteous and loving royal law of agape love. These have perverted through rebellion, the sting of death, and through darkness, which is ignorance, and putting the spiritual heart of humanity into a position of 
fear and captivity and slavery. The Lord is telling us, excuse me, that he loves his judgment against these. A lot of people think that this means against humanity and man, but it's not. He loved humanity, the spirit being. He cried when they fell. Oh, for years in his youth also, he did direct a lot of his anger towards man. But he recovered himself. He grew up. As you'll learn, I put it up, whoops, up there, in the inheritance videos. But he had to come of age himself. But he was really, his judgment is against these things. And the things which were the spiritual cherubim, who had was originally named Lucifer, son of the first age, the beginning, who became Satan, the adversary of God. And when he had a bad heart, which we'll learn about later, he took about one-third of these created angels with him who had been under his service in heaven. This is who his judgment was against. And their sin of rebellion and disobedience, their prideful hearts and desires to overthrow him and take over the kingdom of heaven. And death occurred, spiritual separation, and ignorance set in, darkness. So the Lord is telling us that he loves his judgment against these because they have perverted agape love, joy, and peace in the kingdom. They have perverted his righteousness and his glory, his image, and his likeness. So we've learned from the first seven verses of Isaiah 61 how the Lord applied his judgment against these things of injustice. So the Lord sent his judgment against these injustices. He sent his anointed word, his offspring, his anointed king, his word of himself, with the power of the Holy Spirit infused in it. Let Let's hear his justice against these injustices to his image and his likeness that was in all humanity. So his judgment and his justice and his sentence towards this was one, to preach, to teach, and proclaim, to demonstrate through the power of agape love and the kingdom of heaven one good tidings unto the meek those fearful of death fearful of eternity looking lacking in courage to stand up straight they were bent over eyes to the ground fearful In hopelessness. They had no future. Two. To bind up with healing. The broken hearted. The disassociative. Fractured. In spirit and soul. Towards their creator. Their God and their father. And towards his image and likeness. And his kingdom of heaven. They were separated. Fractured from it. Distant from it cut off from it they were cut off from their heavenly family they were broken in their relationship as a king and a son and an offspring they were separated from the spirit of truth the Holy Spirit the governor of the kingdom of heaven they had a broken relationship they were cast out of the very presence of God here on earth In the garden of Eden. They were a mess. Because injustice and unrighteousness. 
had prevailed and had attacked and had stolen and robbed his image and likeness in these creatures, his son called man. Because of this ancient disobedience of Satan, who was called Lucifer, towards this creature that God created to be his child called man, the first ancestor of humanity, who was put into a dirt body with a spiritual man inside of it. This rebellion of this man who disobeyed the commandment of God at the encouragement of Satan through an earthly serpent in a tree through his wife caused the injustice and this judgment to come. And man had to be helped. He had to be deemed innocent. He was a youth, a child who did not know better. God was their father but didn't really know that. They did not have that knowledge yet as if a new little baby does not really know that that person looking back at him talking with mama or papa. That has to be learned over time and constant talking and looking. But if the face changes and another face is there, the child may be confused for a little while, but they will accept a new face. And that is what happened. So this image and likeness of God was perverted. It was changed because of deception of a heart of Satan. So what happened was this man had got a helpmate called woman and he named this woman flesh and bone. And from that this helpmate who was supposed to be a spiritual helpmate became just flesh and bone. But in this child's ignorance he didn't know. We all look at little babies who don't know anything and we still love them. They make mistakes. They need correcting. And Satan was right there in the garden and he helped to bring about the injustices that Isaiah 61 had to correct and apply. So let's listen here to some words. about this image and likeness of God that was originally implanted in man that became perverted and needed to have judgment and needed to have some help. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 13. This was the likeness, the mother side that was really perverted. By Satan. And Satan would be judged for this. This is verse 1. Paul is speaking to those in a town of Corinth. New believers in Christ. The anointed king. The Messiah and Savior of humanity. Though I speak with the tongues. The words of men. And of angels. Earthly languages and heavenly spiritual languages. And have not the heart, the words, the character, the likeness of charity, agape love. I am become as just sounding brass. Loud. No notes. Just clangy. Or as a tinkling cymbal. Quiet and of no use. No use to anyone. Too quiet. Verse 2. And though I have the gift of prophecy. Hearing God's voice. Having dark dreams of the night. And I sit in a spiritual office of a prophet. 
and am spiritually led and guide other people by forewarning. And I spiritually understand all spiritual mysteries and have all spiritual knowledge. That person must be really mature. Just as Lucifer was in his creation. You can be full of knowledge and wisdom and moving in the gifts. And let's listen what can happen to you. Just as Lucifer was in his creation. Ezekiel 28, 1 through 15. This is a description of Lucifer, son of the morning, son of the beginning of the first age. Verse 1. The word of the Lord came again unto me, Ezekiel, saying, Verse 2. Son of man, say unto the prince, the spiritual demon, Satan, of Tyrus. He was hiding in the man. Excuse me again. My nose is itching today. Thus says the Lord God to this spiritual king, this demon. Because your heart, Lucifer, is lifted up, prideful, arrogant, self-serving, desiring to be in charge, in control, and the one that everybody worships. As I am the creator, the Lord of all, the Lord of all creation, the self-sustaining God. And you have said to yourself and to others, one, I am God, the creator, the Lord, the king, the master, the one with all authority and dominion, the owner of all creation. And its power and resources. The creator of all creatures and beings. Two. I sit. I sit. Excuse me. Enthroned. Don't have to bow to anyone. I am above all. In the seat. The throne. The place of all rulership. Might be a president. Prime minister. Who sits in a place of a lot of power their hearts are just like this we see it all over the world they desire to be there forever for their whole life and they got the same heart as Satan the place of all rulership and judgeship kingship of God I sit where a God is to sit the high throne of eternal Rulership and kingship. Three. I sit as God. In the mist in the center of the seas. Where the roaring and the cheering crowds. Of creation. Cry out to me. Roar to me. Lift me up. Praise me. I am your center of focus. For your adoration and worship. Yet. You are just a man, a created being, Lucifer. I created you. And not God, the creator and sustainer of life itself. And spirit. Though you set, you lift up, consider yourself in your heart as the heart of God. The heart of God is defined as our as our mother and our father. It's our feelings, the will, the intellect, the center of all things where judgment and justice occur. The love of God is being mocked. Verse 3. Behold, listen well, Lucifer. Wiser, You are wiser than Daniel? There is no secret they can hide from you. Verse 4. With your Lucifer's wisdom and with your understanding, you have gotten you riches 
That sounds like a lot of leaders. And have gotten gold and silver into your treasuries. Verse 5. By your great wisdom and by your traffic, your merchandising of your riches, for you sell them. You might sell your country's uranium. You might sell your country's businesses, your land, your water. You might sell anything, people. You might offer anything that you believe is yours. If you happen to be president or a business owner. And that is how the heart is. And you have increased your riches. And your heart is lifted up because of your riches. Verse 6. Therefore, thus says the Lord God. Because you have set your heart as the heart of God. Verse 7. Behold, therefore, I, God, will bring strangers upon you, Lucifer, the terrible of the nations, and they shall draw their swords, their words of spirit and life against the beauty of your wisdom. And these warriors shall defile your brightness. Judgment and justice is coming to Lucifer. Verse 8. They shall bring you, Lucifer, down to the pit. And you shall die the deaths of them that are slain in the midst of the seas, the people, the congregation of life. Verse 9. Will you not say before him that sleeps, that slays you? I am God. You can't touch me. Who are you to challenge me? I'm president, prime minister. Who are you to challenge me? I rule the world. I got power. Who are you? You're nothing. But you shall be a man. You're just a created being, Lucifer. And no God in the hand of him that slays you. I'm coming after you, Satan. And if you're working through people, and your heart is in humanity, the Spirit of the Lord God from Isaiah 61 is coming. And it will be wielded by a hand of a mighty soldier and king. Happens to be one of them, Pastor Deborah. Verse 10. You shall die the death of the uncircumcised by the hand of strangers into the lake of fire, Satan. You go. For I have spoken it, says the Lord God. War here on planet earth for sure. Ezekiel 31.18. Keep listening. Remember, we're talking about the heart of God. Against injustices. Why he hates it. And why he loves judgment. Ezekiel 31.18. To whom are you, Lucifer, thus like in glory... And in greatness among the trees, the planting of the Lord God of Eden. Yet shall you be brought down with the trees of Eden, hidden into the nether parts of the earth. You shall be in the midst of the uncircumcised. You'll be a part of them, among them, with them that be slain. By the sword. Thus is Pharaoh king. And all his spiritual kings. And oppression. The multitude. Says the Lord God. Judgment is coming. Against these. Spiritual injustices. And those that wield them. Not against humanity. 
because it was robbed of God. The image and likeness of God was destroyed by Satan and sin and death by these. Now back to Ezekiel 28, 1 through 15, verse 11. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, verse 12, take up a lamentation unto the king of Tyrus and say, Thus says the Lord God, you, Lucifer, this is how Lucifer began. And this is how mankind began. You sealed up were created with fullness. You were sealed up with the sum, the total, all that you need to be, Lucifer. The offspring, the son of the morning, the beginning, the first age. He was never the son of God. He was the son of the first age. The morning star, which is what that means. You were filled with wisdom and perfect in beauty and glorious. So we can all start off, we all started off good. And then it happened. Verse 13. You have been in Eden, the garden of my delight and pleasure. The garden, the planting of God. Every precious stone was your covering. Your body of spirit was the sardinus, the topaz, and the diamond, the barrel, and the onyx, and the jasper, the sapphire, and the emerald, and the carbuncle, and gold, the workmanship, the design of, of purpose of your tabarets, of your pipes, your instruments of speech, and words, and sounds, was prepared in you, was created in you, for your spiritual purposes in the day that you were created. Verse 14. You, Lucifer, are the anointed, the powerful, ordained cherub, the fiery angel, high-ranking cherub of fire and light that covers, shields me, the throne, the ark of power, with your great wings. You are to keep sin and perversion defilement out away from the glory and I have set you so I put you there that is your eternal purpose for the kingdom of heaven and me you were upon the holy mountain of God the high place of authority and dominion of the kingdom of heaven you have walked had authority and permission up and down in the midst of the stones of fire, the holy place of creation, of life, of words of life. Verse 15. You were, but not any more, perfect in your ways from the day, the time you, you were created until iniquity, perverse thoughts, ideas, desires, and their rebellion was found in you. So, you can start off good. Right purposes. Right heart. And something happened. So Isaiah 61 verse 8 is saying, I have to bring judgment against injustice. And I love my judgment that I'm bringing. Remember, we are reading what he is doing as far as Recorrecting these injustices. First Corinthians one, thirteen. Excuse me, one through thirteen, verse two. And though I have all strong faith, so that I could remove mountains, and have not love, agape love, I am nothing. This was the likeness of God that was perverted in injustice, that He was going to correct. And he is telling us he's going to bring judgment against this. For his image and likeness was perverted, taken away, robbed. And those that it was robbed from could no longer have free will. <clears throat> and he was going to bring judgment against the thieves. Because I'm nothing if I have not love. Verse 3. Though I bestow or give all my goods to feed the poor. 
And though I give my body to be burned, sacrificed, and have not charity, agape love, all these things profits me nothing. Verse 4. Charity, agape love, the likeness of God, the mother's side of the eternal God, suffers long and is kind. Charity, agape love, envies, is not jealous of anything. Agape love vaults, which means lift itself up not, is not puffed up, full of pride in their heart, their desires and thoughts. Verse 5 does not behave or act or do itself unseemly, unrighteously, corrupt, illegal, immoral, seeks not her own way is not easily provoked, angered, set off, thinks no evil, thinks of others' well-being and their health and their success and their healing. What you're learning is this was the image that was perverted by Lucifer who became Satan. And this is why Isaiah 61 had to come and bring judgment against these thieves and robbers of the image and likeness of God in humanity. Verse 6. Agape love rejoices not in iniquity, in sin or corruption or perverseness. It's not twisted in its ways but rejoices with and in truth verse 7 bears and carries and endures all things agape love believes all things are possible hopes all things as always hopeful and full of hope never hopeless and it endures it suffers all things Let's go to Romans 15, 1 through 3. We then that are strong, we ought to bear, endure the infirmities of the weak in faith and not to please ourselves. This was the power of agape love, the image of God. The mother did not retaliate and bring judgment. The father did against this Satan for bringing for stealing the image the love the relationship between God and his son mankind verse 2 let every one of us please his neighbor for his the neighbor's good to spiritual edification lifting up to righteousness and newness of life their rebirth verse 3 for even Christ the anointed spiritual man the word of God itself the spiritual anointed image and likeness of God his own offspring his son the king of heaven the son of man the son of the original spiritual creation of God the mature son of God pleased not himself but as it is written the reproaches the sin of the deeds of the flesh and death the shame the guilt the dishonor of corruption the iniquities of them Christ neighbors humanity all of humanity that reproached him that shamed and were defiled you. Your glory, Father God, fell on me. That is agape love. Second Timothy two twenty four through twenty six. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, fight against, be angry at, but be gentle unto all men able to teach them and be patient 
God's anger was not against humanity, but against those who robbed him of his glory, his image and likeness. And judgment would come. Verse 25. In meekness, in gentleness, not in great power of strength, instructing and teaching and educating those that oppose themselves. If God preaventure will give them or grant them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. Humanity had sunk into great darkness and opposed themselves. They needed help, but he couldn't help them until a judgment was called. He's telling us, I hated injustice that was done to my image and my likeness that I had put in my son called man. It had been perverted, stolen and taken, robbed. And I was going to bring just justice through judgment against the thief. That's what we're learning just from this little part. Oh, he's the father still was angry at humanity for its flesh. But he had to grow up, as you'll learn in the inheritance videos, that this God, this father, had to mature himself to be able to apply his own law of agape love and forgiveness to man for man had become just flesh was horrible, icky there was no hope for it judgment had to come against the thief and even against this ick that it had created the sin nature of Satan itself against Satan's image and likeness that was now in man and all of its deeds and actions that which was there in the beginning was gone disappeared totally perverted totally full of injustice and corruption but it was created through sin and death and that's what the judgment was against verse 26 and they that may spiritually recover themselves out of the snare, the trap, the chains of the devil, Satan, the adversary of God, who these people who oppose themselves are taken captive by him at his will. Let's go to Psalm 69.4. They that hate me, happens to be Satan and his demons, without a cause are more than the hairs of my head. And they transferred that hate in their image and likeness to the spiritual creation called man. They were babies. And their DNA was changed and what was good became bad and perverse. They knew no better because that's how they came into the world in the womb. So that they would destroy me, being my enemies wrongfully and mightily, and I restored that which I took not away. Isaiah 61 is the restoration. But the restoration could not come without judgment against injustice and unrighteousness and against that and those that stole it. John 5.30 I, Christ Jesus, can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just. Why? Because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. Now let's go back to 1 Corinthians about agape love. The likeness of God that was stolen, perverted. Verse 8. Charity, agape love, never fails. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Be proven wrong and false. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease and end. Whether there be knowledge, it will shall vanish away. Verse 9. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. Verse 10. But when that which is perfect is come that be agape love then that which is in part shall be done away with 
verse 11. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man fully mature, the spiritual mature being made in the image and likeness of God again through rebirth, rebelief, and judgment against the old image and likeness of Satan is destroyed, taken away. This, I put away childish flesh, carnality, unmature things. Verse 12. For now we see, we understand, we peer into, we look through a glass, a window. That is dark. But then when the perfect comes. Agape love comes back into us. Through judgment. And justice. And we're worrying about that in Isaiah 61. First you have to be healed. And then replanted. And then grow. But he's just talking to us right now in verse 8. About his love of judgment. Against injustice. And how he hates the thief and the robber of his image and likeness that took the free will of man away. Verse 12. For now we see. I will see and understand. Be able to see face to face. Now I know in part. But then shall I know even as also I am known. By that which is perfect, mature, hiding behind the glass in darkness that hides from me because I am ignorant. Verse 13 And now abides, remains, last faith, hope, and charity, agape love. These three. But the greatest of these is agape love. And that ends for right now part 1 of Isaiah 61 verse 8. We have learned that God loves judgment. He is going to bring judgment against that which stole his image and likeness of agape love. The thieves. The robbers who stole the free will of mankind. Who robbed God of his glory. From his own children. Humanity. We're learning that God hates this injustice. This thief. This Satan who he had created perfect. But had become perverted in his heart. So we will continue this verse 8. In part 2. And we're going to get into more things about how Isaiah 61 shows us how God is applying his judgment, his verdict against this injustice to humanity. And how he is solving this problem that this Satan caused to occur to bring about this injustice and robbery of the image and likeness of God in humanity. Come again. Hopefully I'll get to finish it up soon. And look forward to part 2 of Isaiah 61 verse 8. Love always and forever. Pastor Deborah. And this is a global tele-ministry video. Hope to see you soon and come back. Remember, you can subscribe to the channel and you'll get notification of all of the new videos coming. And there will be many. New leadership classes are coming. We're going to finish Isaiah 61, go to Isaiah 62, and keep on working our way through to learn about this God we don't know very much about and thus learning about ourselves, who we are, And what we're to do here on planet earth. Everyone is welcome from every faith, every religion, every nation. Let's pray. Father, take these words of truth. Send them into the 
deep spiritual darkness into the hearts and ears and minds of those who oppose themselves. Help them to see and hear your words of spirit and truth. Touch them with your love as you have touched so many others. Bring light to their candle, light to their spirit, that they may see who you really are and who they really are and what happened to them and why Isaiah 61 was so important to come, why you sent your word inside of a young man named Christ Jesus to bring about the judgment and the sentence against these robbers and thieves and that through your great sacrifice of agape love it was completed help them to learn and grow about you and to see you through that dark glass that dark window in the name of Christ Jesus Amen bye everybody see you again on part 2 Isaiah 61 verse 8 Thank you for listening and watching this video. It is an honor and a pleasure to have you stopped by today and watch. This is Pastor Deborah, and I hope you come again and watch many, many more videos and learn and grow spiritually. And hear how she has helped people spiritually, the Lord's way, for many, many years. Come again, watch another one. And we welcome you to be a subscriber to the channel to make comments, and if you wish to contact Pastor Deborah, please email her at her email address for the ministry at Pastor Deborah at agapeloveishere.org. You can also see these videos on Twitter and on the website in the many different sections that they are put into. Enjoy, and it was once again an honor to have you watch and listen. Thank you and come again to another video of Agape Love, Love is Here Ministry, a ministry of helping people the Lord's way that Pastor Deborah has been doing for many, many years. Love always and forever, Pastor Deborah.